Um, thank you for your time this morning. It, it's always an honour um, and kind of a pleasure to stand here and, and speak to you all. Um, it's genuinely an honour. It's an honour to be here. It's an honour to be with you people. It always is. It's an honour to be here this morning in a church, an opportunity just to be, just to live. Sometimes we can forget that, can't we? And we can lose the true value of life. And we've seen people again, unfortunately, this week who've lost life and families who are living in anguish now. So we must never, never undervalue the day that we live and appreciate it and thank God for all that we have today. And that's a good start point. And anything else I say, it's all okay. Right, I've got 18 minutes. I've got a long time this morning because you've probably all got fathers to go and see and meals to have and all the rest of it later today. Um, so I had to think of a title for this morning. I'm trying to keep it in line with themes for the year and so on. Have we got a title? Who's, who's there? Baz? Thanks, Baz. We've got a title there. Fatherhood. I am a father, so I have some experience. Um, I, I would hesitate to say wisdom, as this attests to, but I do have some experience. Fatherhood and endeavouring to protect truth for the next generation. Um, I know it's quite a title, isn't it, that? It's, like, it's not funny, is it? You know, it's funny how... It is funny. All those things up there about parents with kids was humour, wasn't it? All about humour and how we endeavour to make our kids laugh and create a light environment for them. We should do the same with ourselves. At the same time, I guess, we, we try and impart some, um, something a little bit deeper, maybe, as we reach maturity um, as people. And I guess that's what the purpose of this is. So... Um, there isn't a joke every two minutes, but I hope you enjoy it anyway. So, endeavouring to protect, to protect truth for the next generation. Why have I written that down? Um, I guess as ever, messages are personal messages as much as anything else. And um, I've seen and sensed over the last three to six months particularly, maybe a little bit longer, um, a challenge to truth within society or maybe truth as we historically understand it to be. Um, we've seen a lot of different things go on. We've seen a lot of, um, I would say, challenges to our traditional values. Um, we also have confusion that often reigns. Um, and from child to man, or child to lady, as we grow up, things can become confusing. And we can lose our way because we're uncertain as to what actually we understand by the concept of truth. And then we're trying to bring children up. And we can have certain core um, teaching put into them. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Sam, has he gone out? He's gone out. Great, he's gone out. I can use him then. Sam, don't forget to brush your teeth. Sam, have you had a shower this morning? No. Sam, did you have a shower yesterday? No. Sam, you need to have a shower. Those kind of things we, we tend to do, don't we, with our children. But as well as doing that... There's something more, isn't there, in how we want to bring them up because we want to shape them because they are the next generation and we want to give them the opportunity or the best opportunity that we can in life, not just for them, but for society, which may sound a very grand thing, but so that they can impact and influence upon the world in the way which we would hope maybe that they could do. So some understanding or otherwise of truth or some confusion that I've come across um, over the last few months as I've been looking into this. I thought light 
went in straight lines. Light bends. I thought time was a constant, but time is relative. I thought this was a solid object, but there's more space in this than there is matter. They're confusing concepts, aren't they? You know, we, we think we understand the world and we think we know and we can sit on sort of truths of life and yet people will tell us otherwise, which confuses our lives and our minds. We're beginning to enter into a world where virtual reality is something that's being talked about, which the next generation would far more, be far more engaging with than we are. But there are thoughts and ideas about the future in terms of how we live our lives and that there's a possibility that we can live in a sense of virtual reality. Now, you go forward five, ten years, you might not actually be here this morning. You might be sitting upon your settee with a mask on, living in a sense of virtual reality. Now, that somewhat confuses me, because I don't know what I feel then about what we call truth in our existence. We've also seen it very much in politics over the last um, year. We have... Um, post-truth politics now. Now, what does that phrase mean? How can you have truth and post-truth? We have alternative facts coming out of America with the lovely Mr. Trump, the awesome Mr. Trump. Now, this isn't a new thing, alternative facts, but it's a confusing thing for people because the risk that we have is that what we perceive to be truth may actually be somebody else's agenda. And we can live in a world that confuses us completely with that setup. Now, many, many years ago, so this isn't new, there was a book written by a guy called George Orwell called 1984. The, the, the most common link to the modern world you may know of is Big Brother. The whole concept of Big Brother came from that, that book, whereby Orwell had written a book that said society will create or could create a world a totalitarian state, if you like, where the government controls us all and tells us and bleeds into us what they want truth to be. And the, and, and the consideration that two plus two, that most of us here would know as four, could become five. Because if we're told it enough times, we become convinced by that. Now, that's confusing to me even more. And those are some strange concepts. But within all that, I have children to bring up. And I want to bring them up with a concept of truth. So how do I do that when we've got all this going on? I think the most important thing before we get there is to look upon ourselves. Just one other issue before I go to that. I saw quite a disturbing interview the other day following the, the, the Grenfell Tower situation with a, a quite anguished guy on the television saying that he no longer had any belief in politicians, in the media, in anybody to tell the truth and what he wanted was the truth so it's a big player this truth in our world today it's a big big player and we have to understand I believe what we're talking about here but before we can engage with it as I say we have to look to ourselves and try and understand who we are so that we can ensure that when we're talking about truth truth is not something that manipulates people Truth is not something that has an agenda driven by our own potential um, 
gains from what we speak of. Truth has to be something pure and of a good spirit. Um, so children, we, we tend to look at the natural provision for our children, don't we? As I say, we look at, we feed them, we clothe them, we water them if you like, and we can bring them up through a period of time and send them off into the world. Um, but if we don't look at these other areas, if we don't look at the fundamentals of what we perceive to be good value, what have we actually created for them? Love, a, a sense of spirituality, a sense of stability, teaching and wisdom, all things that we have to somehow figure out how we can impart into our children. How do we achieve this? So can I make first point, please, Baz? Um, who am I? I'm Michael. As you can see, I'm here today. But you'll all have some preconceived ideas as to who I am. Some of you know me better than others. But you will have some views upon me. Everybody makes judgments all the time about who we are. One of the risks we have is that we can allow these judgments to affect how we perceive ourselves to be. And the opinions of others can seep into our consciousness and we can become something that we're actually not. Now, fundamentally, we have to understand who we are. All the time, we're being challenged, aren't we, by this? We've just had politicians door knocking. Are you pretty much now socialist? Are you capitalist? Um, are you a Remainer we had last year? Are you a Lever? Individually, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Obviously, you're all introverts and you're all extroverts because that's how we're doing it this morning. And, of course, society perceives us, are we successful or are we a failure? Now, I don't believe that the world is that black and white and that with ourselves as individuals, we don't have these labels put upon us um, as a child. We don't associate that way. God creates us as an individual, as a unique individual that we don't have any association with. So a child is not looked upon in this way. A child has a godly character within them that if we're not careful, the world can affect and can influence in a negative way. Now, seeking and searching within ourselves, we have to find this. And I think one of the risks we have is that we tend to fall upon what the world would call a natural disposition. So we draw ourselves to self. We look at how we want to achieve ourselves through life. We become the natural man, the selfish gene, if you like, that's spoken of. I don't believe that's the godly instinct within us all. I believe that there's actually a supernatural self that we simply miss the opportunity to connect with most of the time. Now, we have seen that within this last few weeks. What we've seen in society is a community engaging with each other through a desire to actually give to other people. That's not selfishness. That's not drawing towards. That's going beyond. That's seeking to help others before individual. And if we can harness that and live that way and understand that concept better then everybody benefits. We have to live that way, of course, with our children because that's what we're trying to demonstrate to them. And it's a challenge at times. And it comes from things like being 
principled about what we believe in and wanting to stand firm on ideas that can be challenged by the world. But if we can do it, we can put a strong foundation into them. The world pigeonholes us at the end of the day, doesn't it? The world creates pigeonholes and puts us in it. And we have an identity, a sticker, if you like, put upon us. And that's as the world perceives us. Now, I don't believe God created the world with pigeonholes. And I think that God wants us to fly beyond those pigeonholes and to live truly and freely as as he created us. Which is without that agenda, without those conceptions that are created. We've got a a tiny, what, a three-year-old, three-day-old baby here this morning. How would we perceive that child? Nobody would have any preconceived ideas as to what that child will become. And yet within that child, there's a character that God has created and put in there. And if that character can remain in its purest sense throughout that child's life, how close will that child be to a godly design and a godly way of life? Don't allow your children to be affected by the labels that the world puts upon them. And to do that, don't allow yourselves to be affected by what the world wants to label you as. But we have to be principled to do this, which isn't easy all the time. I better go on to point two, Baz, please. Whose am I? Well, as a father, um, I am my children's. As a husband, I am my wife's. As a Christian, I am God's. There's no self in any of those comments there. Now, I'd like to say I live that way every day of my life. But if I recognize my responsibilities as a father, if I recognize those um, positions that I have within life, then I am becoming a selfless person. The difficulty with that, of course, is it's the concept that Jesus asked us all to do, to give up this life for him and to gain eternal life. Now, to do that demands one thing, doesn't it? Sacrifice. Not many people like sacrifice daily, but sacrifice, laying down oneself for others, is the concept of the world that we have to engage with because otherwise the world remains as it is. It doesn't have people living for others. It doesn't have children growing up in a world where they want to look towards fulfillment within society we've seen it again come out this week you can't prevent the image of God within people I believe the supernatural image that's within them coming out at times people often don't recognize that that's what it is but it is there within us all but we can cultivate that we can grow that we can become volunteers and servants of society not just talkers and thinkers but people of action Nothing stopped those people this week being active. They've had a desire to, to, to actually do something about a situation that they found people in. They've, they've had compassion for others. I saw on the, the, the television this morning, Amir Khan had driven down from the north, northeast of England to go and talk to people in London because he felt compassion for others. We need to cultivate that where we see it within society and, and, and feed it and let it grow for the good of man, 
It's like Christmas. Christmas Day, everybody loves everybody else. And then Boxing Day, we're all falling out again. We need to cultivate it in that context and let it grow and let it blossom. And let our children see that. Let our children see us be filled with compassion and desire to serve others, to live for others. And when they see it, possibly because they have free lives, possibly they will be engaged with God and look towards the same concepts. It demands sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't an easy thing. Um, I heard on the radio this week a lady called Manal Al-Sharif. I think I pronounced the name right. Look her up if you're not sure. She's from Saudi Arabia. Um, And a few years ago in Saudi Arabia, she felt she needed to do something about the oppression that that women were were put under there. Um, Now, in Saudi Arabia, it's legal for a woman to drive a car, but it is frowned upon within society. The culture doesn't engage with it. And if you do it as a woman, even though you may have a driving license, you will be arrested. This lady believed that that was wrong, and she went and drove her car and posted it on YouTube. Now, you can imagine what happened the very next day. She was arrested. She was taken to prison. They they couldn't actually prosecute her because it wasn't illegal. So she went home. She did it again. And she posted it, and she was encouraging other women to do the same. Other women did it. And since then, there have been several hundred thousand people, women, done it in Saudi Arabia. Now, she was prosecuted for what she did. They created an offense called driving as a female. Honestly, driving as a female. So she, she had to, ultimately she's left the country. She now lives in Australia. She's estranged from one of her sons who's still in Saudi Arabia. But when she was interviewed this week, she still said, what I did, I believe was the right thing to do because what I saw going on in that society was wrong. Now the sacrifice within that We maybe don't have that great opportunity every day of our lives, but how often are we confronted with a situation that demands us to do something that may make us feel uncomfortable about the consequences? And how often do we walk away and not do it, not take up the challenge? Because within ourselves, we fear the consequence of those actions. Understanding that on principle, we possibly should be doing something. Again, I want my children to see a father who is principled. I'm not always, but that's what I want them to see. Somebody who stands up for what they believe in, in a faithful way, in an appropriate way, but conscious that there may be consequences um, of activities that we do. Point three, please, Baz. What's my purpose? What is my role as a father? Without sounding too grand about it, I believe the role of a father is just like the role that God's put upon us. He cares for us. He loves us. His love is unconditional. It's without agenda. And as a father, that's as we should be with our children. So we are trying to replicate the image of God again as we live our lives. We're trying to do it his way. We will be challenged, as I say, by the world. But we have to consider how we want to live. Because if we talk of truth and we back off every time we think we have to act out this truth that we talk about because of potential consequence, 
then actually we're not living with truth, are we? We're in a post-truth world. We're living with alternative facts and we're pretending and portraying something that we don't actually believe in. So there's a challenge to this that says, when you're in those situations, are you willing to stand up for the beliefs that you have within? Are you courageous? Do you act with integrity? That's what it means. Live with the beliefs that we have within us and act them out. That's integrity. That's what I believe that we should do. I've gone over already. Is that really 20 minutes gone? Um, I've got a conclusion to draw, which means Rich will leap up onto the stage and start playing his keys. I believe we are gatekeepers of God's truth. There's two scriptures I've got, Baz, if you can put the first one up. This is a time after Jesus has left us in the Bible. Um, and John 15, 26 says, when the friend I place, sorry, this, pause, that's the second, this is from, G this is Jesus' words before he leaves. When the friend I plan to send you from the Father comes, the spirit of truth issuing from the Father, he will confirm everything about me. The spirit of truth is from God. The true spirit of truth and the only spirit of truth is from God. And when we align with the spirit of truth, and of course we're talking of the Holy Spirit influencing and impacting our decisions within life, we are replicating God's desires on this earth. We're living as he wants us to live. We're acting out his desires. We, we say in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we are here on earth, all of us today, and we pray to God to give us the strength to act those things out. God has chosen us as hands and feet to do his work, and that's what this is about. The second one, please, Baz. When the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. Now, we spend a lot of time, don't we, on Google, probably Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all these things, all the wonderful things. But sometimes we need guidance beyond that. Sometimes we need to engage with the true, more than sometimes, frankly, the true source of truth, not seek out answers to the world from different places, from what's perceived to be created truth, from, from answers from the world, frankly because then we can engage with the world and we can impart into the world and into our children a spirit of truth. We can live with that within us. We can drive society forwards with a truth that will do such good for the world. Or we can sit and read Twitter and Facebook and get other people's ideas and think that that's the truth. There's a quote I've, I've drawn from um, a guy called Rob Bell, who's a, a Christian evangelist in America. And he wrote this. I affirm the truth anywhere, in any religious system, in any worldview. If it's true, it belongs to God. Seek out truth. Seek out activity and actions that are of God and cultivate them within your worlds. Engage with them. Help people to understand that where they have compassion, that where they have a desire to serve others, this is from God. 
This is good. This is effective for the growth of people and engage with it. I believe that the truth of God creates a life free of constraint. Constraints often put upon ourselves, but sometimes His ways compel us to go beyond what the world expects and maybe what we think of ourselves. But to do that, we can create true change in the world and we can produce children and help them to develop and to cultivate them into wonderful human beings full of the Holy Spirit understanding the truth of Christ within them and there ends my Father's Day message